most wonderful show is Keeping up with the Joneses Mr. Lounge Lizard Why am I a lounge lizard? Because you're laying back in your chair Well, I've got the luxury of lying back, why not take it? That's right As Confucius once said, why stand when you can sit and why sit when you can lie? Is that true? Well, it's a true premise. I doubt Confucius said that. On that topic, follow up from last week, when I talked about my breakdancing name. Yes. Being Voltaire. Yes. Several people pointed out he's a French philosopher, not a marker. Yes. Which I'm aware of, but as... A nine, <laughs> ten-year-old, I wasn't familiar with French philosophy, but I was familiar with the big Sharpie-esque brand called Voltaire, which I did a Google search for. And good Lord, am I still talking about this? You bet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Keeping Up with the Joneses. Welcome. Uh, I must say hi to Lindsay from Texas. Who's Lindsay from Texas? I was sitting at the factory. We were having a meeting. I think we were waiting on some people come. You, you went to get some coffee. And, oh, yeah, last week. And Lindsay came up and said, hi, I just want to say I listened to your podcast. And I thought that was very sweet. So I thought I wanted to say hi back to her. I also ran into a gentleman in the factory who said hello. But I don't think he gave me his name. I think he just said hi. And then he walked away. <laughs> so that, hi, random gentleman from the factory. <laughs> did he mention listening to the podcast? He did. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. I was wondering where that story no, had he, its similarities. He was like, "Hi, you don't know me, but you know." Anyway, that's always fun because yeah. it is a it is a somewhat weird phenomenon because here we are recording with nobody listening. Yeah, and then we put it out on the internet, and our our server says many of you listen, but we don't know many of you. I mean, we know many of you anyway. In fact, most of our conversations with our friends go something like, oh yeah, this happened. They're like, yeah, we know we already listened to your podcast. <laughs> I know, right? We probably have to ban our friends from listening and then we can have like normal relationships. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you know I was happy about this week? What were you happy about this week? I was happy because Comcast came and finally gave us decent internet. Yes. So the story is the house that we moved to is only served by Comcast. You can't get internet from anybody else. So that made it simple. I was sad to say goodbye to AT&T at our last house because we had Gigapower, which is fiber optic to the house, side of the house, and then a thousand megabits a second down and up, which was awesome. It was nerd heaven. I mean, yeah. I mean, I used it all the time. How giddy was I about that? You were on a giddiness scale of one to 10, probably 48. Yeah. Yeah, And so moving here, Comcast are the only people who provide our internet. Now, lots of people have bad things to say about Comcast, but I literally have never had a bad experience with them. The people I've always dealt with have always been very nice. And this instance was no different. They, they've just started rolling out again, a thousand megabits a second. And the tech guy who came out, this was his second ever install of that particular one. He'd done plenty of others. So he let me tag along and he let me ask all these questions and explained everything he was doing. And so now we have really fast internet and I'm very happy. And you just like to be cutting edge. It probably made you happy that you were the second install ever for Comcast. In all honesty, I didn't realize Comcast was just rolling out. There's only two markets they've rolled out, Austin and Nashville. I, I didn't realize it was like a week or two old. I wow. thought they'd been doing it. So wow. I, I, I doubt there's too many people who are going to be interested in what I say next, but I got new wireless routers. Wow. Okay, I'll move I on. know. <laughs> if you're interested, reach out to me on Twitter. I'll tell you all about them. Um, you know, I'm not going to be reaching out to you on Twitter. You about no, them. you don't okay, even care. I just want to, yeah. Tell me about the highlight of your week. The highlight of my week. Well, well, I have a sad thing. How can that be a highlight? How can that it's be an answer? It's not a highlight. It's a sad light. <laughs> <laughs> my coffee machine is not working. 
And what did you do to it? I did not do anything. I returned from being away on a weekend thing and it is not working. And I tried to do all kinds of different things like run vinegar through it and such. Well, did you try descaling it? Um, yes. With vinegar or the approved solution? I don't have the approved solution, but it's not a descaling thing. It's not showing the descaling sign. It's showing the wrench. Oh. Yeah. Well, I'll hit it with a wrench and see what happens. No, I don't think that's what you're supposed to do. Okay. Yeah. Well, why don't you become a proper coffee person and do pour overs? Apparently it only takes 42 minutes to make a cup of coffee. <laughs> I know, right? And some weighing scales. measure and this. No, I don't have that kind of time in the morning. Can you imagine? Kids, just leave me alone. I need 20 minutes to make my cup of coffee. Yeah, it's not going to happen. I had a dental appointment this week. You did. Tell us about that. So I'm currently getting all my amalgam fillings removed out of my teeth because as my dentist said, he said, sir, they've been in there for quite a long time. And with no disrespect to the land of your father's, it's not known for his great dental work. So that means I have to sit in a dentist chair for several hours as they drill out the amalgam fillings, clean it all out, patch up any decay that might be hidden by those 30-year-old fillings, and then they make a a temporary, it's not really crown, I think they call it a partial crown, an onlay. And then that takes a good couple of hours, then I go away, and about two weeks later I come back and they replace the onlay with an official one. But anyway, I have a wife. I have a wife? Yes, you do. (laughs) But anyway, I have a I have a mouthful of white rather than a mouthful of amalgam. Well, or you will have. Yeah, yeah. So I roll up on Friday, ready for my appointment, and mm-hmm. I'm a little. I'm not nervous. I'm just a little anxious because, you know, you just sit there for three hours, and somebody drills in your face, and then your face is numb for the rest of the day, and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. So I I think I'm going to be late by a couple of minutes. So I call Kelsey at the dentist just hey calcium it's alan i'm on my way the rain is terrible i should be a couple of minutes late and she says for what and i said for my appointment she says hold on so she i can hear her typing she's like well the good news is that you're really early and i said for what she said your appointment that's in a month's time (laughs) so i showed up a month early for my appointment so you didn't actually even make it there no i just said okay turn around and off you went. Picked up something from Craigslist. Let's you, talk about my... You are the Craigslist king. Oh, I love that title. Yes. I'm like a pirate finding treasure. You, <laughs> yeah, you are. You, uh, you're you finding some pretty, some pretty fantastic things. Well, I'm not really doing much. I have this really fancy app that allows you to put in search queries and it'll notify you by email anytime anything posts of, of vague interest to the keywords you put in. Oh. So it just, I was wondering how you were managing to find these things. Yeah, it's great. So the the great thing about living in Franklin is we are in the downstream from some very wealthy suburbs. So people throw out, or not throw out, but sell at a ridiculous price point stuff that costs way, 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 way more. Right. So we're if you just pay close attention, you can pick up some great deals, which is what I did instead of going to the dentist. <laughs> yep. Um, anything else happened this week? Uh, well, I mean, every, every week is a good week, it seems like. Like, it seems like we say the same thing every week. We met with amazing people. Which we did. Yep. And we're gearing up for school. Um, we're doing some training with our small group leaders and just getting ready. So that's pretty exciting. And you spoke at Legacy tonight. What did you speak on? I spoke on feelings. Nothing more than feelings. Don't sing. Feelings. <laughs> okay, uh, you're so predictable. Nothing more. 
Lyle and Alison Phillips, our friends, run a church called Legacy Nashville, and they have just finished a series on relationships. I was the last person in, and I talked about feelings as being something that can help or hinder your relationships. That's great. Well, I hope it was. They, they're quite funny because because I don't know that audience, and I'm sure many of them don't know me. I was trying to work out whether I was making a good impression or a bad impression. <laughs> <laughs> and you weren't there to help me. So. No, they didn't egg you or anything? Nope. Well, no lagging, and my tires weren't flashed. Well, so you must have been okay. So our main topic is actually the power of words. Ooh. Ooh. And, uh, you know, Jeff has been doing a series on the power of words, and he has been absolutely killing it. He really has. Yeah. And and drawing out stuff that I haven't, I haven't ever thought of before, uh, you know, on that topic. So you and I have probably heard a lot of, um, sermons about the power of words from a negative standpoint, like right. you know what negative words do, and and that's true. But and we've he, taught a bunch on on the power of your words, you know, curses and all that sort of sure, stuff. Sure, sure. But he is almost entirely focusing on positive words and basically declarations and the promises of God and knowing what's coming out of your face and that kind of stuff. And so it's been super, super good and uh, very tweet worthy. Right. I mean, we just, you're getting tweet after tweet after tweet. I, I've listed a bunch of the tweets that I wrote down this week and last as a kind of a memory reminder. That's how I take notes pretty much now is I just tweet stuff out. And I thought we could talk about the tweets or if you can think of any others, your memory's probably going to be better than mine. Um, well, I love this first one that you wrote down. Words are heaven's instruments for creativity. Mm-hmm. That, that was basically him talking about genesis one with our world being created by by god speaking it into existence and jeff was talking about the premise that we create the world we live in by the words that we're saying yeah which is totally true right he was also talking about how worlds and stars and everything are still being created god is still you know speaking and things are being created which was pretty cool i was thinking i had a dream i forget when i had a dream a number of years ago and in the dream the Holy Spirit said to me, your present circumstances reveal your prior thinking. Right. And that whole thing that we've been pondering a lot about, that you're living right now in your expectation of yesterday. And if your expectation was there, you've probably spoken according to your expectation. So Jeff is just challenging us. Why don't you think bigger and speak towards your future as described in scripture? Yeah. And it's just so, so profound. Yeah, it's really, really unlikely that you would be thinking something and it doesn't make its way out of your face. Right, because Jesus said, out the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Right. So it's a good indicator to to understand your level of expectation of faith by having people tell you what they hear you say. You know, we have a friend called Will, and Will lived in England. Actually, he's, removed, he's moved back to England. And so when Will was moving out to Nashville, Will came and did our school last year. I was helping him with his visa stuff, just talking through the visa process. And I was talking about some of the pitfalls to think of. And what struck me by Will and his positivity was never once did he side with a negative outcome. He always sided with a positive outcome. And it just right. struck me. And I just thought, that is incredible. And it struck me because... I think I've been trained to think about negative options and how we be prepared for them. And right, and that seems like wisdom, doesn't sure. it? But but Will's point was, 
we don't know. For example, I was saying, hey, your entry to the United States is largely dependent on the agent that you get when you get to Customs and Border Patrol. Right. And so, and he's like, oh, well, that's great. I'm going to get an amazing agent. And I was thinking, you don't know you're going to get an amazing agent, but he could equally retort, well, you don't know I'm not. Right. And it never entered his head that he'd have any difficulties. And guess what? He never it had never any did, difficulties. Yeah. So just, uh, it was so refreshing. We've got a bunch of friends like that. And I'm I'm trying to be like that who just have this positive expectation and they're surrounded by that in their words. And I love it. We've been watching, MJ just loves Finding Nemo. He must watch it two or three times a day. <laughs> yeah, and he course, likes it a lot. Of course, Dory is relentlessly optimistic. Yes. And there's the brilliant bit when they're all caught in the whale and the, you know, the whale swallows them. Yeah. And he's like, the water's going down. Look, it's half empty. She's like, huh, funny. It looked half full. Yeah. And, you know, there's just this back and forth of his negative view and her positive view. And as as Gary says, worry is a great misuse of imagination. Yeah. I just think about how much effort we sincerely plan negative thinking. And it seems folly to think positively. But why not flip it? Right. Running worst case scenario uh, all the time in the back of your head. And then planning for worst case scenario. And then not being surprised that we get worst case scenario. Well, of course you do. All your effort is headed in that direction. Jeff said this. He said, our lives are molded by the messages we allow ourselves to hear. Talking about our upbringing. and yeah. Talking about today. Yeah. What you choose to hear about yourself is so important. Yeah. And he did spend some time as well uh, reiterating uh, from some teaching that he did a couple months ago about the difference between hearing and listening. Right. Be careful how you hear. Yeah, be careful how you hear. I loved when he said today, uh, he said, don't believe in the power of the enemy more than the promises of the Lord. Boom. And then he turned it around and he said, ask yourself, you know, the next time you're journaling, am I believing in the power of the enemy more than in the promises of the Lord? And I thought, oh. I mean, I was really struck by that. Like, oh, I hope I'm not, but... I feel like a challenge to chat with God about that. Well, he was talking all about in Numbers, the 12 spies that go out and look at the promised land. Yeah. And they come back and they, you know, you know the story, they all bring a bad report and the two of them don't. And, and his point was, what destinies do we talk God out of because of our unbelief in negative reports? Mm-hmm. And, you know, when Graham Cook was here, he said, God meets us with who we are, we meet him with who we're not. And this whole premise that our biggest challenge in life is actually believing God. Yeah. And then living according to what he's already said. Yeah. I'm so determined to do that. I think that's what I've loved about listening to Jeff last couple of weeks. It's so filled with applicable optimism. Yeah, for sure. Like when he's speaking, you can tangibly sense change coming. Yeah. Oh, and the atmosphere feels like uh, excited about the future, which is lovely. How about this line that he said, the words that we speak are connected to the mindset we have. We, we talked about that a little bit earlier, but that's even more interesting when it comes to Proverbs 18, verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruits. That, that whole thing of actually you get to decide what kind of life you're going to have, an amazing life full of life or a sucky life full of death. Right. We're just like, you know what? Life is difficult. Life is hard. And, and you speak out the reality that you're going to live in. Yes. 
And I think it's hard. I think that cycle is difficult really because to a person who their expectation is aligned with negative things happening and um, and maybe some of that is because of past experience and they're continuing to experience it because they're continuing to claim it and make that their world. Right. It's hard to convince that person, hey, actually your your words are what's perpetuating this. You may not have had your first negative experience as a result of your words, but as you keep aligning your expectation with negativity and you keep aligning your words with that, you're actually creating a negative environment where all you can possibly receive back is negative. That's terrifying. Yeah. So it's like you need a total reboot, you know, um, of how you're thinking and what's going on in your heart and whatever. And, uh, being able to trust God for well, for good things. Well, here's something interesting about what you just said, because what you just said is the bulk of our teaching thus far. Yeah. Right? Uh, you know, stop saying negative things. But Jeff quoted Steve Backlund from uh, out in Bethel in Redding, California. He said, eliminating wrong words does not create life. Life is released by words that are in agreement with God. And J- Jeff went on to say, it's not enough to not be negative. Right. But you can't just sit there like, I'm just not going to say anything then. Well, but that's, I think that's been the sum total of our efforts is oh, I'm not going to be negative. But Jeff is like, actually, you have to go one step further. You have to be positive. Yeah. Our, th- our thoughts, our words and our lives must output positivity. Yeah. It's so life-giving. Yeah. It's really cool. I just think, gosh, what a difference is that going to make for our kids? You know, for everybody that you come around, if we could say positive things, I think it just, it creates a, a, just a much better environment for everything. I was thinking about when Patricia King was here yeah. a number of years ago. We haven't talked about this on the podcast, I don't think. I talked about it last time I spoke at Grace Center and I felt super self-conscious. So if I can be super self-conscious in front of those guys, I can be super self-conscious here. Okay. But when Patricia was here last at Grace Center, she gave Grace Center a word and I actually tracked down the word on YouTube it, it's not the time she was at Grace and her speaking it. It was some other time on her video channel she was giving it. It's the same word, though. I'll put a link in the show notes. But she gave us four prophetic words for the season we were in, and they were so life-giving. They were taken from four different verses. I'll, I'll let you listen to the word if you want. But basically, she gave us these four prophetic words. Me and you took them home. We wrote them down. We wrote them on our mirror. We wrote them mm-hmm. on our phones. We wrote them everywhere. And we just started declaring them. Yeah. These were the four words, and they give us so much hope and optimism. Number one, you can smile at your future. I, I love that. So we just start saying, I can smile at my future. I'm smiling at my future. Whenever we're faced with negative things. Yeah, or uncertain things. We would just say, I'm going to smile at my future. Yeah. And then the second one was, uh, you're facing seven years of great abundance. That, I mean, try and tell me that's not more, what's more optimistic than that? Well, maybe eight years or nine years is more optimistic. <laughs> but what if there's no end date on that? Right. What if every year is the start of seven years of great abundance? What if it's dog years? Oh, I like where you're at. Does, get, that, does that work or does that go backwards? Does that mean we have to get a puppy? Um, no. Okay. I will greatly bless your seed and y- you will reap a hundredfold in one year. Yeah. So we wrote out all these words, and that's from Proverbs thirty-one twenty-five, Genesis forty-one twenty-nine, Genesis twenty-two seventeen, and Genesis twenty-six verses twelve and thirteen. So we wrote those out, and it wasn't enough to not be negative about those words. I mean, there was a negative pushback from those words, like, "Oh, mm-hmm. I can't believe that." Oh, you know, that's ridiculous. Oh, it's not enough to just be neutral about it. You actually have to be positive about it, right? 
And so we found ourselves challenging one another to stop our negativity, but not just that, but move to the opposite spirit. So that whole thing about, I will greatly bless your seed, that word is useless if you don't give the Lord seed to bless. Right. Right. True? Yes. So we decided, well, actually, if that word is true and we believe it's to be true, out of our lack, we decided to sow seed. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do remember. Do you want to tell that story? Well, I think uh, around the time that Patricia was there, uh, I can't remember what it was for, but for some reason we were expecting a check for uh, $2,000. Right. And, you know, the truth is, that's a useful amount of money for doing things like paying off debts or, you know. Buying your children clothes. Buying your children clothes, that kind of thing. Paying for school or childcare. Right. Um, but after we heard uh, Patricia's prophetic word, um, we just thought, okay, well, let's let's sew. You know, so we sewed $1,000 of it. Right. And we got that number because... Well, I, we got that number because it just popped in our head and we were like, holy moly, that's half of that. You it know, felt I, huge. Yeah, I was like, I'm prepared to give 10%, which is $200, which feels big. Now we're giving away $1,000. But I thought, I don't, actually, it wasn't so much of a fight because I was so filled with optimism about this. Right. I was like, you know what, what's the worst that can happen? We, we don't deserve this $2,000 that's coming anyway. It's coming as a gift. So let's give some of it away. Yeah. So we decided to give away a thousand dollars. And please, please, for the love of all that's holy. The reason I feel self conscious talking about this is A, nobody talks about money. B, the point of this story isn't that we gave away a thousand dollars. And it's not a method. No. But the well, it is kind of a method though. It is a bit of a method. We're we're teaching a method. We're talking about actually you have to be positive, you have to speak positive. But it's not about the amount of money, it's about obedience. Correct. Yeah. So we gave that away, that felt great. Tell you what didn't feel great is when unexpected bills showed up that we could have done with $1,000. But then we had an opportunity to not be negative and just say, I can smile at my future. Yep. And actually practice like these baby steps of, no, I'm going to be positive. I'm going to be positive. Yeah. Do you know what was funny? What was funny? Well, was at the end of the year, we hadn't reaped a hundredfold. No, we hadn't. And so we're like, oh, I guess Patricia King's a false prophet. We didn't say that. No, of course we didn't. <laughs> but what I'm saying is you have an opportunity when it doesn't look like things are passing out your way to jump to negativity, to jump to blame, to jump to criticism, right. to fill in what we don't understand with what we think we understand. Right. It's so dangerous to do that. Yes. I, let me clarify. Patricia King is not a false prophet. She's an amazing prophet and she's a dear friend of ours and is somebody we greatly respect. I, I was being very flippant and I hope that has cleared that part up. But what we did do at the end of the year was go, okay, we didn't reap a hundredfold in a year, but Lord, we're choosing to believe that we can smile at our future. And here's the thing, God is so, I mean, God's already, uh, it is ludicrous to say, God, you owe me anything when he's given us Jesus Christ. Of course. So that that's not even a debate. I just try to never, ever say, Lord, you owe me, because that's that's pitiful. And that's going to be embarrassing on the day of judgment when I'm welcomed into paradise. Right. Right. So... That's not even up for, it's just like, you know what, God, I'll let you figure that stuff out. Yeah. So then fast forward two years, three years. Uh, it's been two. Two years. We move into this house and we, you know, just love this house and we think it's amazing. And um, somebody, ta- as we're telling a story to somebody about how we're moving house and it dawns on me 
So with regards to our old house, we bought our house and three years later we sold it. And guess what the equity was that we had in the house by the time we moved out? Ooh, ooh, ask me, ask me. Cute Canadian in the corner. $100,000. And so we, I mean, we weren't thinking of selling the house. We weren't thinking of moving house. There was no real reason to do that. And the last time I checked, all the houses in the neighborhood that were competing with ours hadn't sold. Ours was the only one that sold, sold in a day. Yeah. And I just think, Lord, you're amazing. There's there's no reason our house should have gone up a hundred grand in value. No. But there really isn't. No. That's that's just astonishing. And I look back on that and just say, Lord, I think that's directly attributed not only to giving a thousand dollars and getting a hundred thousand in return, you literally reaping a hundredfold. Right. But also our declarations are are speaking out of those things. Now, I have to say that the old Alan is having some struggles even telling that story and even saying that because it sounds... Oh, baby, you're not old. You're just, you know, you're young and vigorous. I'm just going with positive. Oh, yes, that's right. We're speaking positively. (laughs) The previous Alan. (laughs) I think the previous Alan didn't have a grid for this. Yeah. I think in a previous season of my life, I would have struggled with these concepts because this is how life should work. You work hard and you eke out a a good life for you, and that's how it works. Right. Whereas this sounds too fanciful to be true. Right. And I think I would probably say, well, you know, I've given in the past, and that never happened, so that's ridiculous. But I think I would challenge myself by saying, yeah, but when you gave in the past, did you give out of duty, or did you give out of expectation? Right. Did you partner with faith, or did you partner with this is what I have to do? I mean, I I totally hear what you're saying, and I'm not trying to uh, throw a wrench in it or anything like that. But I also think even when I was giving out of duty, I saw God's faithfulness because you're giving out of obedience, even if it's, you know, even if I, I didn't necessarily have a level of faith associated with giving. Right. But I would say the more that I got good at giving, the more faith that I had that I was entering into something that was of the kingdom that I didn't fully understand. Well, we just have some friends, and I assume this is okay to share because they shared it publicly at Grace Center, but we have some friends who just have this amazing testimony of they just bought a house, they were in a two-bedroom condo with five people, and they were just asking God for (laughs) a new house. Well, it sounded like, like five adults. Well, no, 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 it was two adults. Two adults and their three sons. And their three sons. That's still a lot. Five people, yeah. But the point was, they were saying, we wanted a new house, but never believed we could. Yeah. Because let's be practical. I mean, they just sided with logic and let's be practical. And yet what they realized coming out of their faces wasn't practicality, but it was negativity. Right. And so God bless them. I love these guys. They're so... They're so diligent. They just said, we're going to do a belief audit and realize we're believing a bunch of nonsense. And so just asked the Lord for some new beliefs. And he gave them the beliefs before they ever got the provision. That's an important part. They felt like they should believe God for a house without any of the provision for the house. Right. And as they moved towards getting a house, the Lord provided the provisions. And my my favorite part of this is they, husband and wife, were having a conversation saying, we feel challenged to give more than our 10% tithe. Let's tithe 12%. And on the day that they decided we're going to tithe 12%, 
the day that they sent in their paycheck for 12%, they got three checks in the mail. They were only expecting two. They weren't expecting two to come quickly, but all three came, or sorry, all two came plus a bonus one. And the bonus one was bigger than, uh, it was the biggest check of the lot. Wow. And so I just loved being a bystander watching their process of them declaring and then the fruit following. Yeah. I think we want the fruit before we'll follow. Yeah, I, I would say that's true for sure. Well, can I finish with the last part that just blew my mind that yes. Jeff was speaking about? Because yes. here's the thing. Everything that Jeff said, we've heard before, but I had never heard it with his twist. So he was talking about the verses in James about the power of the tongue. You know how the tongue is really small, but super powerful. Yeah. And so he was talking about, you know, the horses can be steered by a tiny bit and a large ship is steered by a small rudder. And then it goes on to about how a forest fire is started by like just a tiny spark. And so I'd always lumped all three examples into the negative power of the tongue. But his point was the first two is a horse and a large ship. And his point was both are directed or steered by something small. And in this case, the allegory is to the tongue. Right. And Jeff's mic drop moment was the course of your life is determined by the words that you speak. Now, it sounds too new agey, but it's straight out of the Bible. I don't think it sounds new agey. Oh, come on. I don't. Maybe it's just my brethren roots springing up. Maybe. But it sounds like, oh, so what you're saying is you just speak positively and positive things will happen. Yes. Well, the word of faith people, they've been believing that for years. Right. (laughs) Well, and that's the thing. I think everybody is so uncomfortable about anything getting close to the thing that we're raised in to believe was bad. Right, so for right, me, like right. my struggle moving into anything, I couldn't get near any of the truth of the charismatic movement because I was warned about the excesses of the charismatic movement. Yeah, I gotcha. Same with healing. You know, oh, you know, these people who say that they heal the sick. Blah. So you're you're resisting getting to the fruit because of the folly or the excesses of these movements. So right. I think it was amazing. I, I just thought, Lord, the course of my life is determined by the words I speak about my life. I am smart. I is kind. I is wonderful. I is good looking. <laughs> I have the body of a Greek god. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. Here, listeners, what are you, what is the quality of the words that you speak about your own life? That's your challenge. What is the quality of your words regarding your future or your expectations? It's a good challenge. Thanks. I'm the challenge master. Yeah. All right. Can you read out the listener's question? And I'll answer. All right. We have a listener's question from Paige. Hit me with it. In one of your episodes, Alan spoke about this app that asks you questions and essentially talks you off of a ledge or helps you figure out how to get out of your funk. What was it? Question mark. Oh, I probably don't have to say question mark. Um, Please and thank you, because I feel like I could use the app frequently this summer while living with my parents. Oh, dear Paige. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. Honey. Well, uh, I'm glad you asked, Paige, because I actually, in my sermon tonight when I was at Legacy Nashville, I talked about this app. So the app is called Mood Notes. You can get it on the App Store. It's a couple of bucks, I think, but it's so worth it. Basically, what happens is... You open up the app and it asks you, how are you? And it has this little picture of a smiley face or a frowny face and you move your thumb up to make it happier and you move your thumb down to make it sadder. And no matter where you put it, it then says, hey, what what just happened that could be contributing to your mood? And just 
asking you to stop and reflect on why you're feeling how you're feeling is is so insightful. So you just write down, oh, I don't know, my wife just shouted at me because she's super impatient and doesn't <gasps> understand that I'm a creative person that likes to move slowly in the morning and I need lots of sleep in the morning, which is why I don't get out of bed when I'm asked. And then... <laughs> And uh, then it, oh, real life lessons. Yeah. Go, yeah. <laughs> and then it asks you to pick some feelings and it gives you a list of positive and negative feelings. And you, it's really funny. It's like a feeling chart. You just go down and go, am I feeling anxious? Am I feeling hopeful? Am I feeling... And you just grade yourself on, on how you're feeling. If you have some, some negative feelings, it then says, hey, here are some common traps regarding your thinking. These are some of the things that people fall into when they have a negative trigger. And you read through them and you think, does that apply to me? And you check them off. And then what it does is gives you some helpful feedback based on what you've checked off. And I I find it amazing for de-escalating any negative feelings. So it's called Mood Notes. I'll put a link in the show notes. It's a great app. I highly recommend it. Perfect. Well, just to wrap up for uh, today, we have our Heaven Declares conference coming up in October on the 27th to the 29th. And we have Andy Squires will be leading worship and Leif Hetland and Jamie Galloway are speaking. So we're super stoked about that. That's going to be an amazing conference. Oh, it's going to be so good. I can't wait. Those guys are powerhouses. They they are. And they're fun. So I think it'll be, I think it'll be great. Um, if you want the show notes for this week, go ahead and head on over to alanandaj.com slash 116. I can't believe we've done 116 of these. It's amazing. It's shocking. I love it. Yep. And if you want to ask us any questions, you can go ahead and uh, shoot us your question at alanandaj.com slash ask, and we will answer it on the air if we can. Thanks again for tuning in. We so appreciate it. We pray that you have an incredible week filled with rich revelations about how awesome your world is. Yeah. Amen. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games, paleo donuts and the kindness of God, the things we deal with every day, from Franklin, Tennessee. They are just like you and me. Alan and AJ. Keeping up with the Joneses. Keeping up with the Joneses. Sharing their life experiences. Keeping up with the Joneses. Keeping up with the Joneses. They talk about faith in God. And everything under the sun. If you are a human being There's something here for everyone